Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to 10 Minutes in the Field. Glad to see you. Glad to have you back. I'm so glad for those of you who have been able to follow through these episodes, starting from episode number one until now. Thank you and thank you so much. That means a lot. I can see some of the statistics um, of some of you who are downloading, some of you who are making comments, some of you who are appreciating the podcast. Uh, please, thank you so much. Uh, for encouraging us. Thank you so much for being a part of this ministry. I'd like to encourage you, if until now you have not followed this podcast, you haven't subscribed, I'd like you to do that. Because by clicking subscribe, then you're able to receive notifications automatically. You don't have to be watching out on Facebook to see uh, if I have posted any of the updates. But also, as soon as you subscribe, please recommend this podcast to a friend and ask them to be able to follow us to be able to subscribe and listen, they'll be blessed. I can promise you, if you have been blessed, they too will be blessed. Now, from last week, when we finished the story, we saw Christ die on Friday, and uh, it seemed like there was no hope. It seemed like all has been lost. One of the very clear things that we also recognized was to see that his death opened away. The veil was torn. And so us sinners could, through him, approach God and find life. He said to all who believed him, to all who received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. And so we continue this story. After Joseph of Arimathea, uh, a secret believer in Jesus, has gone to Pilate and has asked for Jesus' body, Joseph takes the body of Jesus from the cross. Nicodemus helps Joseph wrap the body in linen cloth and placed it in Joseph's garden tomb. The next day, the chief priests and the Pharisees, they go to Pilate and they say, Jesus said that after three days, he would rise from the dead. Give the order for your soldiers to seal the tomb. Would not want Jesus' disciples to steal the body and then begin to claim that Jesus rose from the dead. So the tomb is sealed with a very, very heavy stone and the Roman soldier stands guard. And one of the priests says, that's the last we will ever hear about this man who called himself the Son of God. But before the sun can rise on Sunday morning, the earth suddenly shudders violently. An angel of the Lord rolls the heavy stone aside. The soldiers fall to the ground in terror. When the earthquake subsides, they flee back to the city. At dawn that morning, Mary Manglin and other friends of Jesus, they hurry to the tomb. Now that the Sabbath is over, they want to put spices on Jesus' body for a proper burial. They wonder who will help them move the stone. But when they reach the garden, they say, The tomb, it's open. Mary runs back to Jerusalem to tell Peter and John that someone has stolen Jesus' body. The other women go into the tomb and they find an angel seated there. And he says to them, Do not be afraid. Jesus is risen. Go and tell his disciples. When Peter and John hear Mary's news, they race to the tomb to see for themselves. Oh no, only his burial clothes are here. What does that mean? said John. He rose from the dead. He said he would, but we did not believe him, Peter said. By the time Mary returns to the garden, the others are gone. She stands outside the tomb crying. Someone speaks to her. Why are you crying? If you have taken Jesus' body, please tell me where you have put it. Said Mary. Tenderly, Jesus speaks Mary's name. She recognizes him now and says, Master! 
Jesus' friends are not the only ones to hear the news. The guards from the tomb go straight to the priest to tell them what happened. Alarmed, the priests do not want anyone to hear the truth, so they come up with a devious plan. Here, take this money, tell people that Jesus' disciples stole his body while all of you were asleep. While the soldiers spread this lie, Jesus joins two of his followers as they are traveling. He keeps them from recognizing him and he explains to them what the scriptures say about his own death. And he says, the prophet said that the Christ would have to suffer before he could be the savior of the world. And so Jesus eats with them in Amos. When Jesus blesses the bread and hands it to his followers, they suddenly recognize him. And one of them says, Jesus. And just as suddenly Jesus vanishes from their side. Now, meanwhile, throughout Jerusalem last Sunday night, people are marveling at the strange report of the Roman soldiers. And one of them says, they say Jesus' disciples stole his body to make us believe he rose from the dead. Oh, what were those Roman soldiers doing while the tomb was robbed? Jesus' disciples have also heard the soldiers' report. They are afraid that they may be arrested, so they lock themselves into the room. All the disciples except Thomas are there. The men, the two men who have seen Jesus on the road, they find them there and they say, Jesus is alive. We were on the way to Emmaus when a stranger joined us. We asked him to have supper with us. When he blessed the bread and gave it to us, we recognized him. It was Jesus. Then he disappeared and we rest back here to tell you guys. You have seen him too? Mary Magdalene has seen him and Peter and John have seen the tomb. Suddenly, Jesus himself appears in the room. Even through locked doors, the disciples think they are seeing a spirit. Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. It is me. Look, my hands and my feet. Lord, is it really you? And he says to them, Give me some food, I'll eat it to show you that I am real. Quickly, the disciples run out to find Thomas and tell him the great news. Jesus has risen. We've seen him. And Thomas says, I won't believe it's Jesus until I see the nail marks in his hands. A week later, Thomas is with the disciples when they meet again behind locked doors. Once again, Jesus appears to them. And he says, Thomas, touch my hands and my side. And Thomas says, my Lord and my God. Christ tells him, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe even without seeing me. The disciples leave Jerusalem and they go back to Galilee. One evening, they go fishing. They fish all night but don't catch anything. At daybreak, they see someone standing on the shore. Cast your net on the other side of the boat. The disciples obey and suddenly... The net is bursting with fish. John looks up at the man on the shore. It is the Lord. Peter is so eager to reach Jesus that he leaps into the water and swims towards the shore. The others bring the boat in. Peter helps drag the net to the shore. Jesus is waiting for them with some bread and fish cooking over a fire of burning coal. And Jesus says, come and have breakfast. After breakfast, 
Jesus talks to Peter privately. He says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Two more times, Jesus asks Peter the same question, and each time, Peter declares his loyalty. Then Jesus gives Peter a job to do. He says, Peter, feed my sheep. Take care of my followers. A few days later, Jesus appears to 500 of his followers gathered on a mountain near the Sea of Galilee. He gives them one last command. Go out and share the good news with the whole world. Baptize the people in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey what I have commanded and I will always be with you. Jesus explains how he completed God's work. He is the savior of the world. Now it's their turn to carry on God's work. Jesus tells them to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to come. Then with his followers gathered around him on the Mount of Olives near Bethany, Jesus ascends to heaven. In awe and wonder, Jesus' followers turn and look up to heaven as if to catch one more glimpse of the master they love. Suddenly, two angels appear. Why do you stay here looking at the sky? Jesus was taken to heaven, but he will come back the same way you saw him go. There's one more part I want us to read for them. Which part? Final days. The final days? Why would you like us to read the final days? Now we are going to the book of Revelation. You're, you're going to the end of the Bible. Why would you like to read this? All right, we're going to skip a couple of years. Many years have passed since Jesus came back to life and rose up to heaven. Paul and Peter have died. What is going to happen? Is he going to come back? When he comes back, how will that happen? How long will it take? We do not know how long it will take. But we're just going to read for you one last event that will take place. Years from now. John, Jesus' beloved disciple and friend, is the last apostle left. Jesus visits him in one final vision, where he reveals what will happen. In the end days, four horsemen will ride forth. First, a conqueror, a white horse, then woe riding on the red horse. Third will come famine on a black horse, and finally death will come forth on a pale horse with hell following close behind. But Jesus would say, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last who lives forever and ever. I hold the keys to death and hell. As the four horsemen ride through the sky, an earthquake shakes the land. The sun turns black, the moon turns red, and the stars in the sky fall to the earth. Many people are killed by war, plagues, famine, even by wild animals. After the four horsemen finish bringing their suffering to the earth, the devil will come in the form of a red dragon. He will perform miracles, raining fire down from heaven, and the people will be deceived and they will worship him. But just when all seems lost, the heavens will open wide. Jesus, who is faithful and true, will ride forth on his white horse of justice, the armies and angels of heaven will follow close behind him. Jesus will seize that ancient dragon, the devil, and lock him in the pit of fire for a thousand years. Then God and his lamb, Jesus, will rule in the heavenly city. The river of the water of life flows through the streets, and the tree of life heals all the people. 
there will be no more sin, there will be no more night, and God will reign forever and ever. And the voice of the Lord says, whoever is thirsty, come. Anyone who wants it, come. Take the free gift of the water of life. Through the prophecy in Revelation, Jesus gives John a message for the seven churches in Asia. Some people at those churches have been faithful followers. Some have turned away from Jesus because it was too hard to follow him. And some just want things to be easy. Jesus' words to these churches are still relevant to us today. I know that you have been doing. I know what you have been doing, he says. It is neither hot or cold. I wish you be one or the other. Because you look on, neither cold or hot spit you out of my mouth. You think you're rich, but you have no idea how blind and poor and naked you are. Take the wealth I give you, and you will truly be rich. My white clothes will cover your sinful nakedness. Here I am. I'm standing at the door and knocking. Anyone who hears my voice and opens the door will share my food and my throne in heaven. John's vision ends the Bible, the greatest story ever told. Jesus stands at the door and knocks. Will you let him in? Will you let him in? Because he is alive. He is alive. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us through this Passion Week. I hope that I've whetted your appetite to be able to just uh, continue reading and see how God begins to act through the book of Acts and we see him um, and we see God continuing to work and organize his church through the epistles. We see him through the book of Revelation just being able to give us hope and say times may be tough, times may be difficult but he is alive. I had this illustration from a preacher. I think he was J.D. Greer. J.D. Greer tells this story of when he was watching 24. And uh, he had a friend who came to him and told him about this great show called 24. He said, have you watched 24? J.D. Greer, have you watched 24? And tells him, what? You have never watched 24 after all these years? And he tells him, no, I've never, but I'm watching it. And he asked him the question, have you reached, have you reached a season where Jack Bauer dies? And the friend says, Jack Bauer dies. And he, he begins to describe this story in a very hilarious way. And J.D. Greer says, he, he remembers the time when he was watching 24 and Jack Bauer dies. He was with his wife watching the, the series and they could not believe Jack Bauer, the movie actor, had died in this story. But one of the things they did is they looked at the DVD covers and they picked up, I think, season seven because they had all the seasons together. And they noticed that Jack Bauer's face was on season 7 and they're only on season 3 or 4 and he remembers telling his wife guess what Jack Bauer has his face on season 7 meaning Jack Bauer is not there's no Jack Bauer can die and his face is on season 7 and and just being able to look at the book of Revelation together with the story that we just read of the resurrection is an assurance for us that Jesus's face is on the last season of life Years from now, it doesn't matter how long we go, we are not on the losing side. We are on the victory side because Jesus, and I quote, is on season seven. If life was a movie, he's on the last season. His face is on the last season. He is, he is the hero in this story because Jesus is alive. He's standing at the door right now. 
and is knocking. If anyone hears his voice, just simply do it. Open the door and let him in. Would you like to trust Christ? Jesus is waiting for us to invite him into our heart. How does that happen for you? Would you like to explain to us what does that mean? It's not literal that you visually open and he enters your heart. What does it mean? You have to first believe what mm -hmm. he has done for you. Mm -hmm. And then? And accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. Okay, thank you so much. It's to believe what he has done for us. And what has he done for us? He has died, isn't it? He was buried and he rose again. And as we believe that, that through him we can find forgiveness of sins, we too are forgiven of our sins. We too will receive everlasting life. And we too will live on forever with him, together with him. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Except God. Except God. That's what it says that since all of us have sinned, the wages of sin is what? It's death. death. It's death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Eternal life through Christ Jesus. The Bible says also, also says in John 3.16, for God so loved. John 3.16 says that for God so loved the world, mm -hmm. that he gave his one and only son, mm -hmm. that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. To have eternal life. And that's the good news. That is the good news. We cannot take it for granted. Now we know, and we know for sure, that he is alive. He is alive. I pray that this has been a blessing to you. May God bless you and I hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.